Let me take a moment this morning to express uh, grateful gratitude to Tammy Holt and your leadership and willingness over these past several weeks uh, to share in our choir your spirits, uh, your presence, your gifts are evident, and thank you very much. Uh, a round of Tammy for uh, sharing with our congregation. So that must mean Kevin's going to be back. So it's, it's, it's dress rehearsal for Kevin today, and uh, we're excited that uh, God's been healing you, Kevin, and we're excited what uh, your leadership that you've given for many years, and uh, it's an honor to work with you and excited to have you back in the role, too. Uh, amen to that. <clears throat> also, though, I can't thank Tammy without thanking many others uh, up here. Matthew has led us well. You're always willing to fill in and fill the gap, and Mean, mind the gap and make, make the gap work. And so thank you, Matthew, for that, too, very much. So We're blessed with Travis's gifts of how he makes his fingers work and makes music come out of them. It is absolutely amazing. And so thank you, Travis, for all that you always do for that. So. And one behind the scenes who's carried us a lot with worship and organizing all through Easter and through these times, Jackie. Thank you for your willingness to share so much, to, to carry that burden, and to lead us on Sunday morning so well, too. So thank you for that. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is Let's pray. Gracious, holy, awesome, amazing, incredible, wonderful God, thank you for your call upon each of us that you know us by name, you call us by name, and thank you for the gifts of those that we've named this morning, and Lord, so many others who make worship at Emmanuel possible. But Lord, we pray that it's not uh, us, it's not them that we see, it's you. It's your, your presence, it's your peace, it's your, uh, Lord, your holy uh, being in which we come to honor, to recognize, to seek, uh, to worship. And so, Lord, this morning, as we turn to your word, uh, your holy word, we thank you for those who've written your word, uh, who offer us an insight more into who you are and how to be in relationship with you and what that means in this community in which we live. So, Lord, thank you for the honor to share in this, these moments and times together. Set me aside, Lord. Let it be your voice heard. Open our hearts. Stir them. Call us to where you call it, to where you need us. In your name we pray. Amen. Can anybody tell me what Emmanuel's vision is? Hope the staff would get this. It's in your worship guide on the first page, top there. It's to be a, say it with me, growing and vital community where Christ is transforming lives. Do you ever watch on the TV those building shows, those renovation shows, those housing shows, and all the places they go. I watch them. Do you ever think about or do you ever dream about your own dream home to build? Maybe you've already built it. What would it look like? Where would it be? I was reading some articles on vital community and came across this master planned community in Florida. Would that be the type of place you'd want to live or the place you'd want to build a house or community you want to be a part of? The master plan focused on something interesting, vital 
community. They said great places begin with great people that respond to the needs and desires of the people. Great places begin with great people that respond to the needs and desires of the people. And there were five principles that guided their approach. Listen to these principles. First was engagement. Nurture neighborhoods that invite togetherness, not isolation, and gathering places where people make new friends and strengthen family bonds. The second principle was connectivity. Connections that support life and work. The third was, was healthy living. Healthy living, this is the essence of vitality, to building mind, body, and spirit into well-being. The fourth was stewardship. Land is not a resource to be used, but a gift to be, to be preserved. And we need to return more than we take. And fifth was design-forward philosophy, to create an environment that is beautiful, and timeless. Think about these principles again. Engagement, connectivity, healthy living, stewardship, and design forward philosophy. Doesn't that sound like the church or sound like what the church can be or could be as we seek to build vital community together? I think it's these principles that can guide us in the future. Today we recognize and participate in two major opportunities of vital community in the life of the church. One is confirmation, and Alden's talked about that, that at this service we'll offer an opportunity for those who've been through confirmation, an invitation. Do they want to accept for themselves what their parents have accepted on their behalf many years ago during their baptism? And then Emmanuel feeds as we seek to prepare 20,000 meals to serve our community. The confirmands couldn't do this on their own. Think of your own confirmation and those who've been a part of that process with you. The confirmands could not do this on their own. Emmanuel feeds. John Guthrie, one person do Emmanuel feeds? <laughs> no way that one person could carry out Emmanuel feeds and we put that out a couple weeks ago we had about 30 volunteers and you responded amazingly to a hundred and now almost 150 I believe that we have sharing and there's room for you still what's really neat though as we seek to provide vitality for example healthy living when we seek to provide that vitality for others you know what we experience vitality ourselves. that's stewardship that's connectivity. That's engagement. We can't do it alone. We need each other and we need to communicate our needs to each other. The role of our confirmation mentors is vital. Church-wide participation in Emmanuel Feeds is crucial. God puts people in our life to encourage our journey, to nurture our journey, to be an example for our journey. That's why I believe God created the church. For the church is the people. And we seek to do that for each other. 
But the church itself can't function on its own. It needs the people to support it, encourage others in it, and help it carry out its tasks. No one should carry the burden alone. We experience growth, vitality, transformation best when we are connected with a common purpose and a common vision. Moses, in today's text, has been operating with the Lone Ranger mentality. He's making every de decision. He's trying to solve it all on his own. It's not until Jethro comes along that we see what he's doing, that Moses begins to make some changes, changes that are better for him and better for the community of which he is a part. Let's see. Let's see in today's scripture what advice that Jethro offers Moses, what life-changing advice and the principles perhaps that he shares as they and as we seek to build vital community together. Join me in our scripture today. It comes from the Old Testament, near the front of the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 34. I invite you to open your Bibles or the Bibles that are in the pews before you or your devices that share today's scripture. Online, I hope you'll take a moment to get your Bibles and follow along too this morning. Exodus chapter 18, beginning at verse 13. The next day, Moses sat as judge for the people, while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you, for the, for the task is too heavy. You cannot carry it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. You should represent the people before God, and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions, and make known to them the way that you are to go, and the things that they are to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God and who are trustworthy and hate dishonest gain. Set much men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves, so it will be easier for you. And they will bear burden with you. If you do this and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people will go to their home in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. For us to be a vital church... No leader can operate in isolation. Each person must consider the bigger picture. Anybody have ants around their house? 
Anybody fight ants or notice the ants, especially this spring as they come? In a typical ant colony, there are three different types of ants. The queen, the male, and the workers. The queen lays the eggs, the males fertilize the eggs, and the workers seem to do everything else. They build the nest, they gather the food, they take care of the other ants. Each ant is suited to do its own job, and the ant colony thrives. Right? We can probably all attest to that pretty quick, even overnight sometimes. Ants are wise. They're organized. They divide their work. Each has a function to perform, and amazingly, each seems to be able to perform their function pretty well. They build a colony fast. When the church functions in the same way, we can be just as productive. But what we are building is something different. We're building vital community, which is a picture and a foundation of God's kingdom. Imagine that with me for a moment. Imagine me with me, different people doing different tasks, each one, each one doing the task that they are suited and gifted for, all coordinated toward a common goal, accomplishing something bigger than any of us can accomplish on our own. That's the picture of the church. That's the picture of the church, at least I see, and that I think we strive for, to be a vital community where all are doing their task. What was Moses doing? He was doing everything himself. It wasn't until Jethro came to town that he really realized the effect of this. Maybe you're like me and you think, you know, if it's going to get done, who's going to do it? i got to do it myself. Or maybe you even go a step further. If it's going to get done right, then who's got to do it? Guess I got to do it if it's going to get done right. We can't operate that way. It might work for a while, but what's the result? We wear each other out and we discourage others' participation. Moses was working morning till evening. Jethro said he was wearing himself out and neglecting his family. Moses had already sent his wife and his children to Jethro. Furthermore, what happens when a person wears himself out? They begin to make mistakes. Permanent harm can come to them, those around them, or even the people they serve. But the effects are not just on Moses. The effects are on those around, the people that Moses is seeking to serve. For what happens? Creativity begins to be stifled. Resentment begins to creep in. Vitality diminishes. And others' God-given abilities are ignored. There's several reasons that people use when they won't be involved in something. Time, commitment, and fear seem to be the most common. Time, we all have the same amount of time. We think we need more time. We wish we had more time. We have different gifts, different responsibilities, different time, but there's a place and an avenue for each to be met. Commitments, we have too many commitments. Maybe we need to give some up. Maybe we need to ask for help. Maybe we need to delegate some of those commitments. <clears throat> Maybe we need to realign our commitments to our God-given passions and fear what do people fear that we fear we're going to have to do it alone we fear we're going to get stuck and have to do this forever 
we fear we might fail. That's why teams become so important. That's why groups become so important. And sometimes, sometimes we have to be willing to allow mistakes to happen. That's how we learn. Bob Goff tells a story, and I think I've shared it with you years ago, about a man named Don who cre created a carbonated coffee-flavored soda for Starbucks. Anybody had it? A carbonated flavored soda for Starbucks called Mazagron. Heard of that? You know why? It failed. It didn't work. Never came to fruition. But you know what Don did? He went and got a new license tag. And you know what he put on that license tag? Mazagron. He put the name of the drink he tried to create that failed as a reminder to him that he could learn and grow from this mistake that had been made. There's another fear. The fear of the unknown. It's nice to know where we're headed. It's nice to know what we're trying to accomplish. It's helpful to clarify our purpose and our function. That's why you'll hear me say, and you'll see printed several times, what our vision statement is to be a growing and vital community where Christ is transforming lives. So what was Jethro's solution? What did he offer as a way to help? Two words. Shared responsibility. Shared responsibility. Have officers over thousands, hundreds, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people. And do you know what the result would be? What might happen to him and the people? There'd be relief. It'd be easier for Jethro. By each doing their part, not just one is carrying all the load. More needs would be met would be able to connect to a larger segment of the neighborhood. More people in leadership positions who could bear the burden. More experiences to be given and solved and carried out. More ideas. More connections. New ministries. A design forward philosophy. Greater involvement leads to greater fulfillment. Greater ownership, greater impact, which leads to vital community. In order for this to be faithfully carried out, there are important attributes that we each need to pursue. Look at verse 21, if you still have your scripture open and can access it easily. Chapter 18, verse 21. We need people who have a reverent respect for God. A reverent respect for God. And trustworthy people who hate dishonest gain, who aren't in it for themselves. The focus is on a bigger kingdom picture. In other words, we should all be doing something. In other words, we all can be doing something. Either working on a relationship with God like the compromands have been doing this year. Or perhaps serving in the church. Emmanuel feeds. What's interesting is they often work hand in hand. Where is it? How is it that you could serve and be part of the vital community? I don't think that's as important where as the attitude of how. 
Shared responsibility allowed Moses to do his best. Shared responsibility allows you and I to be at our best, and we're happier in doing it. And you know what happens as a result? We experience vital community. Engagement, greater engagement in our neighborhood. Connections that make life and work and school work well. Healthy living of sound mind, body, and spirit that brings about the well-being of all people. Stewardship that we offer more than we receive. And the design forward philosophy that makes the community beautiful and timeless around us. Emmanuel has the capacity to be great people with great to be a great place with great people that respond to the needs and desires of the people. That's where our vision statement comes in to be a growing and vital community where Christ is transforming lives. That's the dream house. That's the dream church that I picture and that I hope we will build together. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us. Help us as we seek to be faithful builders of your kingdom. Recognizing, Lord, the opportunities we have and the desires we have. May they not be selfish desires, but your desires. May they not be focused on us, but on your community and your kingdom. Lord, we recognize, the, uh, again, the opportunities you give us. Sometimes we're scared. Sometimes we're fearful. We need your help. We need your direction. We need your peace. Lord, you've equipped us. Help us to take that as gifts and use them for you. In your name we pray. Amen.